Hello, everyone, and welcome to New Consciousness Review. I'm Miriam Knight, and our guest today is Jeffrey Hoppe. Jeffrey and his wife, Linda, are well-known channelers of spiritual wisdom from Ascended Masters Tobias, Kutumi Lal Singh, and more recently, Adama St. Germain. The Crimson Circle started as a gathering in their living room to inspire consciousness, and it has grown into a global community of spiritually-minded people with monthly live webcasts, over 400 certified teachers, and a large website in 23 languages. Jeffrey also co-founded The Awakening Zone, an international radio network, with some 50 shows a month. Jeffrey has authored three books, including Masters in the New Energy, and he and his wife, Linda, travel over 100,000 miles a year presenting the spiritual messages of Adama St. Germain, and his latest book, Live Your Divinity, is a collection of Adamus's wisdom. So I think you are really going to enjoy this because I loved the book. Jeffrey, welcome. I'm so happy to have you with us. Well, thank you, Miriam, and I appreciate the wonderful introduction. It feels good to be here. And it's great to have you. Now, tell us, who is Adama St. Germain? Is he different from the St. Germain that we all know? Well, you know, it's essentially the same core energy, the the same uh, spirit energy. Uh, And I think so many people are familiar with St. Germain of the uh, Violet Flame uh, fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, many, many books over the years, wonderful teachings. Uh, when St. Germain came to the Crimson Circle in, uh, it was September, uh, I might get my dates mixed up, but September 2009, uh, he, he actually took over for Tobias in, in speaking to this group and in channeling through me. And at that point he said, I'm going to come to you as Adamus Saint-Germain, as they would say in, in Europe, or as we say, Adamus Saint-Germain. And uh, he, he's trying to get me to, to learn French, by the way, and, uh, with his background. But uh, he said, I'm going to come to this group as Adamus, uh, just so there's a, an understanding and a difference between the regular St. Germain energy. And he also said, uh, I, I only want one person channeling Adamus, so there's uh, not going to be confusion. Uh, he said, I'm going to be here for a short period of time. I'm going to bring in a very specific message uh, just for those who are going through this uh, uh, final stages of ascension or embodied enlightenment, I prefer to call it. And he said, I'm going to help push you through that doorway because you're just standing there wondering what to do next. So he said, I, I really want to differentiate between the, uh, the, the other St. Germain energy and uh, Adamus, even though it is the same character. Mm-hmm. But I have to say that uh, I've read some of the the old saint or the other saint germain books uh although um it was really because adamus wanted me to and i actually found it a little bit difficult uh, although i love them uh and he he really wants to come forth right now with with a very different energy he's uh, actually as adamus mm-hmm. uh, this aspect of saint germain he's very very entertaining he's uh he's rather um uh, irreverent, and uh, but he has very profound messages as well. Well, I can attest to that because I found myself laughing out loud when reading your book. Uh, I love the title of your book. Of course, I would because it's called "Live Your Divinity: 
which is so far so good. And then it says the tagline is inspiration for new consciousness. And since we are new consciousness review, there is no way that I could not interview you. <laughs> yes, he might have just slipped that in for you, Miriam. <laughs> <laughs> But I, you know, I read so many of these books, and I was really taken by this one. I felt that there was a very original message here that needed to get out. So before we get into the message, Jeffrey, tell us what it is to channel. How did you start your channeling career? Um, How did it come upon you? Well, actually, quite by surprise, uh, and you know, it's one of those uh, kind of odd moments. But uh, I, I was um, in the business world at the time. I was a co-founder in an uh, aviation telecommunications company. Uh, we were developing internet for airplanes. So, if you're flying around using the internet, that was one of my uh, companies. And uh, I was on a flight home one night, um, kind of tired and just just sitting back, relaxing. Nobody sitting in the seats next to me, which was kind of nice, and. As I was kind of in that half-sleep, half-awake uh, state, I heard a very loud, clear voice from outside of me. And the voice said, I am Tobias, and I'm here to work with you. Well, my first reaction was I thought I was going a little crazy, and I you know, opened my eyes and looked around, nobody was there. And I kind of took a deep breath and closed my eyes again, and I really did not have any um, metaphysical background or, or spiritual uh, background or experience. But when I closed my eyes again, he said, uh, once again, repeated in very clear voice, I'm Tobias, I'm here to work with you. And he proceeded to talk for about the next hour, and most of which I, to this day, I don't really remember, but I, I found it fascinating, uh, fascinating information about uh, the nature of reality. And he kept on coming in um, and visiting me, usually on my drive home from work every night. I had a quite long of a drive. We were living in Texas at the time. And he took me through what he called spiritual basic training. I had no concept of channeling or no understanding of anything other than I just had this um, friend. Either I was going crazy or something uh, phenomenal was happening. But I actually really enjoyed it, and I, I learned a lot. And at the end of about a year of uh, basically he was just teaching me how to feel, how to use my, my sensory skills. And at the end of the year, I, I finally told my wife about it, uh, my wife Linda, and um, uh, it was actually a blessing instead of um, her being condescending or negative or, or even uh, neutral about it. She thought it was just great because, um, well, I, I think she was happy because when I sat her down, I said, Linda, I need to talk to you about something, you know. With Linda and I had been married for a long time, and I said, I, I need to talk to you about a friend of mine. And I think it was probably surprised that it was an old dead Jew rather than um, somebody else. So <laughs> she was um, she was open to it. And she said, "Well, I'd like to talk to Tobias." And it's I told her I said, "Well, I really don't know how to do that," um, but we did, and from there it's grown. And it was it was really quite by surprise. I never in my life would have expected to be um, a channeler. How, how did you actually decide that this was a real phenomenon happening to you as opposed to you're being crazy? 
Um, I, I'm not sure I have yet, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the, the the telltale thing for me was the amount that I've learned from Tobias and, and then uh, Adamus over the years, uh, just the tremendous information that I, I don't by myself know, and also uh, the the way they act, the way they talk, the information that they have, and really, finally, it's about trust and. Uh, I've learned so much about the multidimensional nature of reality rather than just being singular or 3D. Uh, and uh, I've learned that whether it's uh, Tobias or Adamus or uh, when my brother passed away a couple years ago or other people, these energies are, or these consciousnesses are out there and they're very real and any of us can, can tap into them. My gosh, if, if I did, anyone can. And the hardest part is really trusting yourself. It's knowing your own core, your own your own base, and uh, then for anybody who wants to get into channeling, then having the um, the, the courageousness, uh, the courage to open your mouth and let those words come out. And and for me, it was very choppy at first. Uh, it, it was uh, it was trying to receive the mess, the kind of a thought packet. The the entities don't. Uh, have you channel with exact words they deliver a thought packet and my job i learned very quickly was to translate those so i'm, I'm really no different than a you know translator um you know at the united nations my job is to stay clear unfiltered and translate these these uh, angelic thought packets that are coming through hmm. you you talk in your book about um uh, entities, angels, uh, the wars of the angels, uh, the wars of the gods. Um, explain how this kind of spiritual hierarchy works. You know, that's a good question, and I'm, I'm really learning more and more about it. Uh, Tobias never focused uh, on that particular part. He was here to, to really reassure us that uh, we we were not going crazy, that, that uh, as we come into enlightenment, we go beyond the mind and uh, really open up to our divine. Adamus has talked more about these um, angelic wars and basically saying that uh, it was one of the very reasons that Earth was created in the first place, because out in the, the cosmos and the angelic realms, there had been so much battling, and, and not like we would know with, you know, guns and you know, that type of violence, but really more uh, trying to steal energy. And if you really kind of focus in on it, so much of it has been in the angelic realms is about trying to uh, take somebody else's essence or energy, thinking that they had the answer on how to get back home, back to the Godhead. And that turned into uh, really, really battles between the uh, the angels uh, for energy, for control, and really for kind of a, a, in a strange way, a wisdom. And Adama says that these are, are still going on out there, um, but yet there are many, many places in creation that, that don't have that. But uh, the so many of us came to Earth in the beginning of, of Earth and humanity to really understand uh, why these were taking place, why, uh, as Adama says, why all the energy and the cosmos really came to a standstill, so we came here to work in the elements of time and space and a very dense, slowed-down reality to help resolve some of these issues. So uh, one of the things that he said is the, the inner work that we're all doing, that, that we think are 
our issues, our problems. He said, really go far beyond that because every time we we have a small enlightenment or expand our consciousness, this is being radiated out into the cosmos for their understanding as well. And it's really quite fascinating. He he doesn't get into it too often, but he I remember one very um, strong workshop that we did. It was in Warsaw, Poland, um, late last year. And he said that you know, Poland was such a, a tremendous, is a tremendous country. Uh, he spent a lot of uh, times there in his lifetime as St. Germain. Uh, but he said that, have you ever noticed how every time Poland starts making progress, something pulls it back? Every time uh, there's wars and Poland tries to stay out, they get it engaged. Uh, even just in recent years, um, Poland's kind of getting into the EU, but then there is that awful plane crash where there was almost 100 government officials that were killed. And, and he said part of the problem is the sometimes these angelic beings play out these wars uh, on Earth, manipulating humans and... Uh, literally that energy gets into the land itself and into the consciousness of a culture. And he said it does have an effect. And if, uh, I forgot how clearly he stated in the book that he is not at all a fan of ETs or aliens or any of these beings who come to interfere. He says there is no grander, grander being in all the creation than a human being. Well, is Earth the only place where human beings live? According to uh, to both Tobias and Adamus, uh, human the human um, nature, the human biology, and the human consciousness is specific to Earth. There are other places uh, in creation, both physical and non-physical, where there are soul beings uh, going through their experience. But he says there's something very, very unique about the humans, and it, so it's, it has been Earth has been the focal point, but. He said, now, in recent years, there have been these things that they call the, the New Earths, uh, and apparently there's 23 New Earths that are not in this physical realm that we're in. They're kind of like just slightly offset. And he said, from the very work that we're doing here in understanding the nature of, our, of ourselves, the nature of love and spirit, that these New Earths are being birthed. And so many of us are are going there and teaching and helping to design it and architect it and in the years to come angelic beings who have never taken human form uh, will start coming to those no, new earths and the, the, really the beauty of it is he said it's really taking the best of humanity the, the best of what we've learned of love and uh, cooperation in our own divinity and we're taking it to these new earths and they have really the the templates of our beautiful planet of Gaia, but it doesn't get stuck in physical reality. In other words, he said literally you could go there um, as a, you know, in dream state or when, when we're off this planet, you know, after our crossover. And he said you could go to New Earth and take on the attributes of uh, being a human, like going to dinner or listening to music or making love, and uh, just really enjoy that in a very real 3D experience, but then alter back over out of the uh, kind of the, what we call the physical and the mental trap. So it, it sounds like almost an ideal scenario. <laughs> best, of, <laughs> best of both dimensions. The, the best of both worlds. <laughs> if you've just joined us, uh, you're listening to New Consciousness Review, and we're chatting with Jeffrey Hopping about his book, Live Your Divinity. 
Jeffrey, you you alluded to the um, desire to return home. Yes. Um, let, let's talk about the, your concept of the Big Bang and the, the sort of singularity and where it all led to. Uh, yeah, that's, um, boy, I could talk for a long time about that, and these are things I, I primarily learned from Tobias when I had been channeling him. Uh, and by the way, I, I channeled Tobias for about 10 years. He left in July 2009 to reincarnate back into physical form on this planet. Uh, is now living in Oregon as a, as a young boy. I, I, All the best people are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what I heard. <laughs> Grab the real estate now. Um, but uh, and, and I've not met him. I I actually haven't even heard from Tobias uh, the, from the day that he left uh, until now, mm-hmm. um, and started working with Adamus. But um, Tobias is uh, the way he tells the story. Actually, it's a book that's coming out um, next year. It's called Journey of the Angels. Is that we left home or source or whatever you want to call it the the, the um adamus calls it the simplicity uh we left that in this great compassionate loving act of spirit and uh, each of us now is a soul being with our own unique soul we went through something that was uh, Tobias refers to as the wall of fire. In other words, we we left all that was, and we went into nothingness, uh, where the consciousness of spirit had never been before. Uh, it was a void. It was so void that it wasn't even black. It wasn't even empty. It was just total void. And we went out into that void to not only discover our own um, identity, but also to see and feel and experience on behalf of spirit. Uh, this wall of fire uh, metaphor, uh, I believe, is the Big Bang. And in that in that metaphor, uh, Tobias says that uh, literally we felt like we were being um, broken into, shattered into billions and billions and billions of pieces, and it was a rather traumatic experience going from this loving, comforting arms of spirit now uh, out onto our own, kind of like, uh, I guess, when a baby bird leaves the nest. Mm-hmm. And he said this, this whole concept of the wall of fire really was, it was almost experiencing or creating every potential of what we would ever do outside of home. And every thought, every, every word, every action, whether it was in the angelic realms or here on earth, so in an interesting way, we've already created all of our potentials, and now we're just choosing which ones we're going to experience in physical reality. Um, and Mary, I'm so sorry I drifted way away from your question. <laughs> the Big Bang. Uh, so uh, it, and according to Tobias, that, that literally was the Big Bang, and he said the, the scientists now are viewing it, seeing it through their instruments, and you know, trying to put dates on it and distances, but he said it truly uh, was the release uh, of of spirit into all of us, into the soul beings. And early on in talking to Tobias before I ever channeled him, I got very, very, very upset with him one night. Uh, we're driving home, and Tobias came in, and I could always feel it. It's kind of like a golden... Oh, beautiful, kind of a thick, beautiful energy, and I'd always get body tingles. It's like, oh, okay, Tobias is here. Mm-hmm. And he came in one night, and he said, um, he said, you're never going home. 
and I thought he was talking like me driving home to my house. I'm like, oh my God, has my time come? <laughs> and he said, no, no, spiritually, you never go home. And I said, well, I was born and raised Catholic, and I was, well, no, I mean, that's not right, Tobias. That's why I'm here. I'm, you know, earning my way back to heaven. And he said, no, you never go home. Well, I was so upset and distraught and angry that I wouldn't talk to Tobias for about two weeks because it totally shattered everything I believed in and that we went back to heaven. And when I was finally ready to talk to Tobias again and uh, have him <laughs> explain what he meant, he said, you can never go home because, first of all, it, it, it is no longer what, what was no longer is mm-hmm. because the very nature of God and Spirit has changed because of what we've done. And he said, if you tried to go home, you, you could never find it. There's not a place or even that, that same consciousness anymore. And then he kind of winked and he said, the whole journey is about home or spirit coming to you. And then I, I kind of got it. Mm-hmm. Now, how, is this, how does this relate to awakening? What, what's the awakening zone that Adamus talks about? Well, we're, we're here on Earth and kind of with this um, veil or separation or, or illusion of separation. We've come here to uh, to really immerse ourselves into our own creation. I guess the analogy would be to say if um, you know if you if you were making this beautiful painting, an oil painting, and uh, amazing colors and scenes and and, and depth and feeling. But but as the artist of this painting, you weren't satisfied with just looking at it from the outside. You you wanted to you loved the painting so much that you decided you were going to jump right into it, and not only jump into it, but then momentarily forget that you were the painter, you were the creator of this, so that you could really experience it from within the painting, rather than external or rather than just as thinking, well, it's just another creation, you then would become part of that creation. And this is you know, a metaphor for what we did. We dived into this creation of life and, and earth and, and this third dimension and allowed ourselves to forget our, our origins and, and who we really were. Well, the awakening is when we, we remember when we, we, uh, that little bell goes off or that little clue is given, uh, the very clue that we planted there, knowing that we would need the reminder at some point. And at that point, the, the, our, our human, what I'm going to call waveforms, and our spirit waveforms, which have been, you know, if you imagine two different waveforms kind of ebbing and flowing with each other but never intersecting with each other. Well, in the awakening, they literally come to this beautiful ebb and then they flow back together. And that's what Adamus calls the awakening zone. And he says in particular, right before uh, you get into this uh, final melding or interaction between the, the human and the spirit, everything starts going crazy. Uh, the human can feel this kind of roller coaster effect that it's going to, uh, that something is happening and life starts changing. Uh, people go through a variety of symptoms, everything from, uh, oddly enough, everything from depression and uh, grief, uh, feelings of loss, uh, body pains and aches, 
um, really strange dreams and a wide variety of other symptoms, but it's all part of the process of a really what I consider a, a truly a great release from the illusion as we come into the, the the melding with our spirit and really literally bringing our spirit into this reality, and that's why Adamus wanted to call the book "Live Your Divinity." Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people who have had near-death experiences or out-of-body experiences talk about going into a the, the, the proverbial tunnel of light and feeling this overwhelming love. Now, that kind of speaks to me of what you were saying, calling, about, calling home and yet not home, home moving. How does that relate to, say, the awakening zone or, or uh, the, the whole process of moving into the next phase? Well, I think the, the whole experience of the, the white light uh, or near-death experience is, uh, is literally a release from the, 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 the connections that we have to this reality. Uh, and literally letting go of the body, but also some of the uh, identity that we had with the, this human lifetime. And I, I believe it's a, such a, oh gosh, a, you know, almost a, a spiritually orgasmic relief and uh, a remembering of where we came from, but not, not, not uh, going back home, but just a remembering of our angelic families and a remembering of uh, what it was like before we started coming into uh, this human incarnation, that it, it feels like uh, there was a great sense of love and joy. Um, we, we actually teach a course called Dreamwalker Death, and, and literally what happens in the various phases as somebody dies and they have that initial release, and then according to Adamus, most of the time they go into something what's called the near-earth realms, which are not physical, but they're closely associated with Earth, and a lot of times people literally stay in these realms uh, until the next incarnation, or they can move through to uh, the next phase would be the crystalline realms, and beyond that, the uh, kind of more of a high angelic realm. Mm-hmm. In Live Your Divinity, Adamus refers to the body of consciousness. Now, what is this? Well, he says that we, we look at ourselves as um, uh, separate pieces or parts. We've got a body, we have a mind, and most people acknowledge that uh, there is some type of spirit, although they're not really sure what. Uh, and he says so often we even begin to fragment our, ourselves or to identify ourselves by our various chakras or different energy grids and centers and meridians. And he said truly what happens in, in the awakening is that you no longer look at yourself as biology and brain and spirit, but it's all integrated. Uh, absolutely, uh, even your aspects are integrated into a singular body of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And he said, from within that, you it's all melded spirit, mind, and and body. And no longer does your your body just have biological functions, but now it also has. The, the same melding of spirit and mind, and, and conversely, the mind has the capability of body and spirit. So it's really, really all melded together. So uh, we no longer perceive ourselves as, as just, you know, physical, mental spirit. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of integration going on in this book. Uh, so it, is the soul part of this, or, or is that the equivalent of spirit? Um, he Adamus actually differentiates and says that, um, in, from his perspective, that the, the soul <clears throat> is our potentials. All of these things that we created, every, every thought, every deed, every experience, when we went through the wall of fire, when we went home, uh, left home. So he says the soul is really your potentials. And in this um, pool of potentials in, in our soul, the soul also does this beautiful thing. It distills the wisdom of, of everything that we've ever done, every experience of even talking on the phone like we are right now. The soul doesn't remember the details about what time and you know what uh, the weather was like outside, but the soul is always distilling so the the kind of the consciousness that we have going on right now between us and the, and the listeners, the soul is distilling that uh, into its essence, into pure wisdom, and that's truly what the soul loves. Mm. And he differentiates that between the spirit, which he says is really much more of a, um, he would consider it more of a, of a, of a type of consciousness, and that consciousness then attracts energy from from the field of energy and brings it into our reality so that we can live out the experience so that the soul then can distill that into wisdom Mm -hmm. you talk about a lot about the 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 new energy and the old energy um explain the difference please Yes, and, and that, it's an interesting concept that, uh, and I think many of us use the term new energy to talk about these new times, but Adamus talks about it literally. He says that um, current, or I guess we call it old energy, uh, traditional energy, is uh, vibrational in nature. Uh, and, and this comes ever since we left home. We've created uh, a system of duality or opposing forces <clears throat> so that we could then really let ourselves experience and to expand. So we've always had the elements of um, duality, which we translate into things like light and dark, um, masculine, feminine, good and bad, and all of these other dualistic things. And he said literally in the field of uh, energy, in, in this uh, uh, massive field of energy, um, the, the energy lies in a neutral state, but as soon as it's activated by our heartfelt choices, not our mind choices, but our our heartfelt choices, that the energy is then activated into either positive or negative, or or its opposing forces. And that's the way all of creation operates. Uh, I mean, whether it's physical or non-physical realms, it it is all kind of a a vibrational energy, uh, opposing forces. And that, that's the nature of traditional energy. It's what, what we take for granted, what we work with. It's the physics of, um, uh, of Electricity. all things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the, he, he differentiates that and he says, now, there is a thing called new energy. Mm-hmm. It does not contain opposing forces. It is not vibrational in nature. It is expansional. Um, and, and this is where it gets a little weird, but it's singularly, singularly expansional, but it expands in every direction simultaneously. 
And he said this, this energy has never been available before. It wasn't created when we left home. Uh, it's not resident in this giant um, field of energy. It is truly new because we've created it uh, because of our love, our experiences, and our desires. And he says it's very unique to Earth right now, and it is, it is available to us, but generally we're not aware of it, we're not using it, and it's very different than traditional energy because in, in traditional energy physics, um, as we all know, if we do something once, uh, one time it can be replicated or, or changed or altered, but it, things in our reality tend to be very patterned. He said the problem with new energy is you'll never get the same results twice. It is so new and so different uh, that if you expect that, uh, let's say you have a new energy experience today, and you expect that it's going to be pretty much the same tomorrow, he said it won't be. So we, we actually tend to perceive it as chaos, uh, which it is not. It's just, it, um, it's just new energy. I, I've just been visualizing it as kind of an energy field emanating from each individual spark of us. Yeah. And if it's expanding in every direction, then it, it, of course, would intersect with the expanding energy fields of everybody else. And so at the intersection, you would expect some kind of turbulence or chaos. And yet, if you take all of these different pieces expanding together, it's a bit like a kaleidoscope, you would get amazingly beautiful new patterns. Oh, exactly. And, you know, for instance, if you had two people that were both beginning to allow the, this new energy into their life, uh, and, and these two people came together, they could create phenomenal, unbelievable things. And because the energy is never having to oppose or, you know, have its uh, dualistic nature, you're not going to get uh, the level of conflict and strife that, that we currently have. But the challenge is the mind still wants to uh, embrace traditional energy that, that is uh, vibrational or opposing. So the mind doesn't comprehend or doesn't understand new energy. It, it literally sees it as chaos or as a even an outside negative force, and it will try to keep it away. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where it's important for all of us to come into trust that trust with our soul and with ourselves that everything we're doing is part of our, our brilliant creation, and we have so many potentials to choose from. Uh, you know, it's just our, our kind of our, our sight has been limited up until now. We've only been seeing the potentials of our lives really based on our past history. But as we really relax and we trust ourselves and we open our eyes, uh, both our inner and our outer eyes, we're going to start seeing that there are so many potentials that are just waiting to be selected. That's one of the things I so enjoyed about the book. It's so encouraging of, of unbridled, unlimited blossoming of the individual. Um, yeah, it really is. And what I what I enjoy about Adamus's channels is they're they're usually pretty clear and and practical and down to earth. Um, they're applicable in in your everyday life, and and he addresses uh, the the awakening process and challenges. And I think so many of us can relate to it, and we go, oh my gosh, yeah, that's 
Oh, that's why I was having one of those bad energy days. And we learned that it is not a negative. We are literally going through a, a huge transformational process where, in, in a way, we're, we're healing our past simply by having compassion for it. And as we, as we allow our past to heal, it literally changes our future potentials. And we're opening up a whole new dynamic. Our bodies are going through a, a DNA restructuring. Our bodies are blending in now with our mind and spirit. I mean, I, I'm, I'm amazed some days that uh, any of us can even get out of bed. We're going through such a, a phenomenal process. Mm-hmm. If you've just joined us, uh, we're speaking with Jeffrey Hoppe about Live Your Divinity. And this is New Consciousness Review. Um, you, you're talking about the the divinity. Um, I had a a point I wanted to make. Um, okay, next point. We're, we're we're just all going out of our minds. Eh? That's that's the other <laughs> thing. Is I mean, literally, we're we're learning to go beyond the the old way of um, uh, putting logic to things and. And I think there's days where uh, some of us think, geez, we're getting old and senile and we're just going crazy. But uh, you'll find the mind slips because you're literally getting out of your, o- your own matrix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, you know, it, it's frightening at times because, gosh, there'll be times I forget my own name. Um, but I'm learning to, uh, to uh, not think, but to I'm learning to understand in a whole new way that goes beyond the mind. And it's phenomenal, uh, but, but sometimes a little frightening. You state somewhere in the book that, uh, or Adama states, that human beings are uh, capable of concentrating on something like 77 things at once. I think so. Um, But um, he he does make a big point of moving into the feeling mode, into the sensing mode, and, and, and apparently that's a kind of a shortcut. It's It's interesting. I did my master's in psychology on um, the mediation of short-term memory. And um, I, did, I found in my thesis that we tend to mediate through images. And it's like we have to translate the images. So if you go and feel the images directly, it's a much more, it's a much faster and more expansive way of knowing Absolutely, and 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 uh, Adamus will define feelings as uh, sensory awareness, uh, not not as emotion. As a matter of fact, he he defines emotions as uh, the mind's cheap attempt uh, to have feelings, which the mind can never have. Uh, so he, he he defines it as uh, sensory awareness. And really to, to be able to sense into things. Uh, this is one of the beautiful things Tobias taught me, how to sense into uh, everything, the uh, earth, other people, uh, spiritual objects, the non-physical objects. And I, I learned very quickly that each of my five human senses is connected to angelic or divine senses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really we can expand beyond the limitations of just hearing tones with our ear and you can expand into those angelic senses that allow a whole different type of uh, sensory experience that, that's not just hearing tones or vibrations. Mm-hmm. Well, as, as human beings, we're so limited by, by our reference to our experience. It's difficult for us to make that leap outside the box, outside of our experience. And this is what he's calling us to do. 
Um, if you, talk you, su- to- you suggest that toning is one way to do it. Yes, and, and uh, yeah, he he literally says we 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 have we uh, are associative. We, everything uh, we we associate through the mind to something that has happened before, and of course that's another uh, reason for for limiting ourselves. Mm-hmm. And as we go through awakening, we we don't need to associate anymore. Part of us opens up to the and to the allowing of a new experience. Uh, sans definition, without having to associate or define it in old terms, and it, it was—it's a little—it's a little awkward and tricky at first to go beyond definition. Um, The—I I remember when in my early days in working with Tobias, he—he he did talk to me. I mean, I could hear him, and one day he said, "Okay, I'm not going to talk to you in in words anymore." And I was like, geez, how am I going to understand? I mean, that's how I I learn. And he said, you, you're going to have to dive into the, the feeling of what I'm trying to say because human the human vocabulary is so limited. And he said, you're going to understand so much more if you go without definition. And it took a while to learn how to do that, but it was such a good lesson for, for me and, and I think ultimately for everyone to allow yourself to Take a, uh, a a consciousness expansion experience. Uh, go out into the other realms, but don't try to put any definition into it, whether it's through a visual or uh, sounds or or taste or anything else like that. And it's, it, it seems very awkward at first, but you suddenly realize, oh my gosh, there are a whole different set of um, uh, senses that weren't being used before. Mm-hmm. You have a somewhat controversial take on compassion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you want to expand on that? Yes. Um, oh, yeah, gosh, that, that would be could lead to a long discussion, but. Um, Make it short. Adamus, talked, Adamus <laughs> talks about compassion being the acceptance of all that is. And the the compassion for another human to allow them to go through their experience and and uh, I'll never forget a time I was in Europe and walking down a, a street and there was a, a homeless beggar uh, laying in the um, uh, what do you call it, the doorway entrance to a, to an old kind of dirty building and I looked down and for a brief moment I felt very very sorry for him like oh the poor guy and I you know went into my uh, wallet to get some money to give him and Adama said. I stop right there. And he said, you are so lacking in respect. I was like, what? I'm going to give him money. I feel bad for the poor guy. And he said, you know, this guy has been in that same um, doorway, sleeping in that same doorway for about three lifetimes. He's choosing to do it. He's choosing this life of nothingness, of, of lack, of being a beggar. And he said, if anything, you stand here and congratulate him for the incredible job that he's doing and don't give him any money and um, look at, uh, feel into him from uh, soul to soul, spirit to spirit. And he said, because otherwise you're inflicting your, um, your standards, your uh, ideas on him. And he said, you should do that with every person, absolutely honor them for their, for their experience, no matter what they're going through. He said, that's compassion when you can accept the world as it is and creation as it is 
uh, that's true compassion, realizing everybody is choosing their own experience. And even if they say they're not uh, at, at a level, a soul level, they really truly are. Well, I kind of fought him on that, and I said, well, that's, gosh, that just doesn't sound right. I was born and raised in the Midwest, Catholic background, you know, it's just, you know, we're, we're supposed to help each other. And he said, the greatest way to help someone is to just make your presence known mm-hmm. without preaching, without trying to change them, without trying to save the, the dolphins and everything else. Make your presence known. He said, that illuminates the potentials that they may not be seeing. Mm-hmm. And he said, then when they, if and when they raise their hand and they say, you know, I'm ready for a change, uh, I need uh, uh, somebody to facilitate or guide me, he said, that's the time that then you begin to interact with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it has been a little controversial, and I've had some uh, nasty emails from people. <laughs> <I'll bet. laughs> and we have to go out and save them, whatever it happens to yeah. be on this day. But, you know, that's that's also a kind of you know, in a way, a spiritual distraction that we're all going to go save the world and we really forget to take a look within ourselves. And uh, Adamus has a term called machio. Uh, it's basically um, spiritual BS. And he said we get, we get really into machio at the 11th hour and 59th minute before our enlightenment because we we bring all of these distractions in. We have to save everything we're forgetting about our own enlightenment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and he had this other term i don't know how to pronounce it amio uh, amio amio uh, amio would be the antithesis of machio uh, machio is the spiritual distractions and our bs and uh, our in, almost intentional uh not crossing into embodied enlightenment amio is uh, the the is total grace while in body, uh, total grace and accepting all that is, having compassion and love for ourselves, uh, really, truly living in a state of pure grace while we are staying in the physical body. And, and that pure grace means there you never will ever worry about abundance again. You won't worry about your health. You realize that these things are naturally uh, taking care of themselves. Your, your body... Uh, your body of consciousness rejuvenating itself and the abundance uh, just a just a short note on abundance but adamas is really frustrated with um light workers with with all of us on the abundance thing and he said you know first of all stop taking abundance classes because that's (laughs) your abundance worse and he said really the the there's a direct correlation between your desire to live and your abundance because if you're truly choosing life literally the energies come flowing in to support that choice. You never have to worry about money again. And that's an interesting approach. Uh, do you have any <laughs> yeah. feedback from your people? Uh, you you have this crimson circle. So just yeah. quickly in the two minutes we have left, tell us about it and the website. Uh, we call it a global affiliation. In other words, there's, it's not a membership. There's nothing to join. We've got a, a big website. Uh, we have monthly channels or webcasts that are free of charge. You can watch them live. Um, or we do a webcast, or you can go back into the archives. And uh, it's just a group of uh, people over the years that have gotten together because of a common 
um, awakening or common in, uh, going into enlightenment. And the website is crimsoncircle.com. That's correct. Okay. And um, you also have a radio radio station? Uh, what's well, the it's radio, website? Yeah, it's a radio network. It's uh, the Awakening Zone. Uh, uh-huh. There's about 50 shows a month uh, worldwide in many, many different languages, all free of charge. And it's not Crimson Circle oriented. In other words, we have uh, great hosts like Lee Carroll, Steve Rother, Pepper Lewis, Kahu Fred Sterling, and many, many others. Uh, and it's, it's really presenting all of the flavors, not just uh, Crimson Circle, but Crimson Circle pays for it and, and sponsors it. And what is the website? Uh, that is uh, awakeningzone.com. Like it sounds. Very good. So um, in, in wrapping up, what, what do you think Adamus would want to leave with our listeners? Well, he always ends his um, channels, his uh, messages with, um, he says, uh, the seven most important words you can remember. And it's really kind of beautiful, and it's kind of very Adamus-ish. Uh, and those words are, all is well in all of creation. Mm-hmm. All is well in all of creation. Yeah. So stop worrying. Stop fretting about what's going to happen. Take a deep breath. It's, uh, you've already ascended. Now you're just going back and experiencing what it was like to get there. Mm-hmm. I guess that is really uh, the best that we can do to enjoy our lives and, and uh, stop worrying. Thank you for that great advice. Thank you for a delightful interview, Jeffrey. It's been a pleasure to have you with us. And thank you so much for, for having us on the air. Uh, my dear wife, Linda, sends her, her love and her regrets that she wasn't able to be on today. Uh, she had to fly back to Wisconsin, but uh, she's with us in spirit. Excellent. Goodbye. Thank you so much, and thank you, everybody, for listening. And I hope you'll join us next week when my guest will be the amazing Irvin Laszlo, a philosopher of science, a systems theorist, and originally a classical pianist. We'll be discussing his fascinating new ebook, Birth of the Akasha Paradigm, New Thinking for a New World. And now we're going to close with a track of the week selected by Scott Johnson from among members of the Positive Music Association. This week we're featuring Shine by Darius Lux from Los Angeles, California.
was Shine by Darius Lux. In his songs, Darius writes about the struggles we all face in determining who we are and who we should be. You can check out his website at DariusLux.com. That's D-A-R-I-U-S-L-U-X.com. For more great music or to join the PMA, go to PositiveMusicAssociation.com. Well, that wraps up our show for today. To discover more fascinating books, films, authors, and interviews, check out our website at ncreview.com. You can leave comments for us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash ncreview. And I hope you'll like us there. And if you enjoyed our show, do tell your friends. So until next week, I'm Miriam Knight for New Consciousness Review. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.